0: Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5, and this is Lesson 34. We are going to continue in Chapter 19, page 24, and we're going to look at the next section that is entitled, Christ Fulfills the Prophets. So let me begin by reading a few things, and then I'll comment as we go. As we saw earlier, not only did Jesus fulfill the law perfectly, but He also fulfilled what the prophets, through their prophecies, said about Him perfectly as well. First, he fulfilled what was said about his birth and lineage, which he could only do if he was God and their true Messiah. One such prophecy is found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, where it clearly says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, interesting. Me and the Father are one, if you've seen me. You've seen the Father. Amen. And he says, Prince of Peace. I really like that too. He wasn't a prince of war. Although, if he needs to go to battle, trust me, he'll win. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Okay. He's the one that created Michael, the archangel. Okay. You know, and the, the, the archangel that took Lucifer down. When it says there was a conflict. And the long and short of it was, Michael and his angels won. Against Lucifer and his angels, you know, and their place was not found in heaven anymore. Remember, Lucifer was cast down, and so on. Anyway, verse seven it says of the increase of his government and peace, uh, there will be no end. Upon, did I say that right? Yep. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. I I really like that. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. And notice it's a kingdom that lasts forever. So therefore, it's a supernatural being that needs to be there. Because everybody else, they came, they ruled, they died. And that was it, <laughs> okay? But that wasn't the, uh, the case for him. And I've said here, the, f- the phrase even forever must mean that this was referring to the Messiah. Because no ordinary man could fulfill that particular part of the prophecy, only God. We can also now understand why the Gospel of Matthew begins with Christ's genealogy by stating in Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I really like that he does both, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Because remember they said, oh, we are Abraham's seed. Remember that? Oh, you know, whenever Jesus was trying to do something, they always defended themselves and said they were going to heaven based on the fact that they were Abraham's offspring. Remember that? But notice who they're talking to. Also an offspring of Abraham. And it's interesting that he was also an offspring of David, because there was a king there. Amen? And it shows that he was from a royal household, which was really key. The Gospel of Luke goes even further back to say in Luke three thirty eight that Jesus Christ the Messiah was actually the son of Adam and the son of God. (laughs) You know that was amazing. I really like um, what Luke does. He just takes things all the way back. He just really is a doctor, you know. And I think he said, "Listen, as important as David was and Abraham was, listen, you need to know that this goes all the way back to God Himself." that He was actually the Son of God. Amen. So that's who you're messing with. Added to this genealogy, there was also Isaiah's most unusual prophecy, that said in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. Now, We see this particular prophecy coming to pass over 750 years later with the angel Gabriel saying in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Isn't this interesting? And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Now, you know, for all of this to happen, it must mean, and see, this is why people still don't get this, you know, they say, well, what makes, you know, Jesus better than all of our prophets? Because He existed in eternity past. Yours didn't. Yours came, the, the day that yours was born was the day that it began its life. He ordered all the events as God before He even came. And when He took on flesh, it was in the way that He had ordered everything to work. Only God can do that, man. I mean, only He could make a prophecy and then fulfill it. Amen. Especially when you're that little. It's one thing after you get to a certain age, and you can read stuff and go, okay, I am meant to do this, so I'll go and do that. No, no, no. What happens when you can't do any of that stuff? What happens where you're going to be born? Amen. And all the events that precede that birth. In fact, before and after. All the stuff that happened. It was all prophesied. Amen. That's what, that's what makes it so you know that's why when he fulfilled the prophets that should have been the key thing that the religious leaders looked at and said wow this is this goes beyond something that man can do this has to be god he was showing it in what he did in healing people they said it out of their own mouths. You know, there were people that were saying, Nicodemus said, we know that you're from God, because only you know, somebody from God can do this stuff. Remember when he said that to Jesus? He was kind of going, you know, we, we kind of get that. Nicodemus was a good Pharisee, by the way. Okay? There were some bad ones, but he was a good one. He redeemed the Pharisees a little bit there. But you know, again, there, there was people that recognized that. But it's funny how the squeaky wheel gets heard more. And you know, what were you trying to say the wise men, you know, that's, that's, that's a story in itself, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Anyway, okay. Amen. Alright, uh, the inference here is that Mary remained a virgin after the birth of Jesus, which would have been a miracle in itself. See, that wasn't meant to happen either. How can you fix that? And this is God. Amen. Okay, I'm just saying. However, she didn't stay that way because it clearly says in Mark chapter three, verse and uh, verse thirty two Catholics don't want to hear this. And a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Okay, but not only did Jesus fulfill what the prophets said about His lineage, He actually chose the name He was to be given, with the angel saying in Luke chapter 1 and verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the Son, and you shall call His name Jesus. He wasn't going to leave that one up to them because they would have named him after their, some, you know, somebody in their family line. Because that's what you did. That's the thing that John's father did. That that's why they wouldn't believe Elizabeth. You know, it's like you're a woman. You know, anyway. Okay, <laughs> dear God. You know, just slappable offenses. But anyway, you know. But I, I want you to know this: that that both of their names were chosen. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus and John. You know. Amen. Okay. Added to all this, Jesus also fulfilled. Prophecy given by Micah about where the Savior would be born. With Micah 5.2 saying, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Oh, that's God. Amen. Amen. And all this came, see that, that's another thing, you know, they weren't even in Bethlehem. Suddenly, Caesar decides everybody needs to get registered. Interesting, isn't it? And so, just before she drops the little bundle, she's got to get on a donkey or whatever and just go all the way to this place where it was prophesied he was going to be born. You know, that's just impossible, okay? So again, all this came to pass and is summarized in the Gospel of Luke with chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 saying, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David because he's of the lineage of David. That's why he has to go there. Which is called Bethlehem because he was of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. You know, it could have happened any time around those nine months on either side. Think about it. Even if she was seven months pregnant, they could have gone registered and come back. And he wouldn't be born there. Timing is just impeccable. Now, added to all the prophetic utterances that Jesus fulfilled at his birth, there was all, I picked these because there were some things that people were saying, oh, see how we fulfilled that. And I really sat back and I thought, yeah, if you knew about it, you could fulfill that one. So I didn't put anything in here that he it was, this, all this stuff is impossible. Okay? All the possible stuff that people like to make too much of, I'd left those things out. So just know, okay? All right. Alright, so, where was I? Again, added to all the prophetic utterances that Jesus fulfilled at His birth, there was also all the prophecies He fulfilled during His life and ministry. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it said that when evening had come, they, had, they brought to Him many who were demon-possessed, and He cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Listen, I don't care how many scriptures you read on that, if you don't have it to heal someone and cast out devils, you can't do it. Again, the reason I put this one in. Because this is one of those things, man, unless God has His hand on you, you just can't go out and fulfill this thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. The scripture that is being quoted is Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. Where it said over 750 years earlier. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is one of my favorite scriptures by the way. One of the ones I memorized right at the beginning. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In other words, we thought God was the one that was punishing him for something that he did. But it goes and to say, but he was wounded for our transgression. Amen. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement or the payment for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, His wounds, we are healed. Amen? So everything that He did was for us. Everything that He carried was on our behalf. Nothing that He did wrong. Everything that we did wrong, He paid the price for. Amen? And the price He paid resulted in us receiving our healing and our restoration praise god in fact this prophecy was so notable that even the apostle peter in his writing said in 1 peter chapter 2 and verse 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed I really like it the way it's brought out there, because it shows us that the price for sin had been paid, which opened the door for healing to come to our body. Amen. And you know what I really like about the scripture as well? If there is something that you are struggling with, you know, physically, and you think there might be a sin involved in why you're not getting it, this is what you do. Pete knew to do this first. Peter knew to go confess his sin first, and then ask God for, for healing. Because you know, he tends to have one foot in his mouth all the time. <laughs> and he kind of knew that didn't have to be something that he paid a price for. It just needed to be confessed. And the price was paid. Amen? That he would have to walk and live out the consequences of that because Jesus paid for it all. Isn't that beautiful? That's why I keep saying that the miracle of all of this is that he paid the price and no matter how much you know, the devil planned and, and worked his magic so to speak, to get you to do something wrong, that he could then hold over you for the rest of your life, it takes a moment in time to confess it and just reset the whole thing. And all of his years of planning goes down the drain in one second. That must be frustrating to him. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) Amen. You want to frustrate him in those days, in those ways. Anyway, this set Jesus apart from every other religious leader that ever existed, because no other religious leader had ever driven out every demon he or uh, she had ever encountered. Nor had they managed to heal all who were sick. Nor had any been willing to pay for the sins of the world. Amen. And then, of course, there was all the prophecies that Jesus uh, fulfilled at his death, including the way he would be killed, which was extraordinary, because this form of execution didn't exist when the prophecy was actually written. Interesting, isn't it? In both the Psalms and Zechariah. First we have Zechariah 12.10 saying, Then they will look on me whom they pierced, that was the nails, Amen. And Psalm twenty two verses sixteen through eighteen, explaining and clarifying the statement by saying, They pierce my hands and my feet. Isn't that interesting? Hands and feet. Okay? I can count all my bones, they, they look and stare at me, they they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. That's found in Matthew chapter twenty seven. See how could you fulfill that one? Are you all here? They, like I told you, I put things that were just absolutely ridiculous. You, you couldn't fulfill that. He couldn't call it on the cross and say, oh, Can somebody cast lots for my stuff? As if. You know, normally they just burn all that stuff. Interesting, isn't it? What he had on wasn't cheap. Amen. Which, which really wrecks all those people that are out there saying, Oh, Jesus was poor and we, ne- we need to be poor. They cast lots for his garments. Amen. Alright, so let me just read this and show you the scripture in the New Testament. So not only is the method of his death being described here, but also certain events that would occur at the time of his death, which was also miraculously fulfilled. With Matthew 27.35 saying, Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots. Wow. Amen? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, that divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So again, something that was absolutely impossible was fulfilled. Again, these tell us, the reason I'm just going through this really quickly again, is so that you understand that you're not just worshipping some, you know, you, you haven't picked a religion, this is reality. This is God. Amen? And all those other religious leaders don't come close to this. The impossible is happening here. Amen. And what was extraordinary about Jesus' death, which most people overlook, is that the Roman government was actually forced into crucifying an innocent person. And why Matthew chapters 27, verses 20 through, uh, 22 through 25, says, Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said to him, let him be crucified. We'll look at these when we get to them, okay? One of these years. Alright. And <laughs> then the government said, why, what evil has he done? See, this is an unusual line of questioning. I think this is probably the only time Pilate ever stood up for a criminal. So-called. Because even he could see this was nothing wrong with this person. Yeah, plus his wife. Right? <laughs> that woman. Anyway. Hallelujah. You know, behind every man is a great woman. Okay, <laughs> All right, okay, So... And notice the governor said, What what evil has he done? But they cried, You know what should be going on here? Do you know that Pilate is doing the job of the religious leaders? Because that's what they were to do. They were to find a lamb that was spotless. And then that would be the offering. Amen? Amen. And sadly, see how God's doing this now? That's why I said, Even if man refuses to listen to God. And even the people that God had chosen to be a part of the solution, rebel, God will still find somebody else to fulfill what needs to be fulfilled in order for you to get to your destiny. Thankfully it's not the cross. (laughs) okay? But wherever you need to go, you need to understand there are other avenues available. And sometimes He'll use people that you would not even imagine He would use to get you there. Don't let your lack of Insight, understanding, your you know, lack of I don't think this is gonna happen now because blah blah blah. Get in the way. That's why I said your heart can believe beyond your head. Don't let your head get in the way of your heart believing something. Amen. I have deferred to my heart on so many ti- you know, in so many situations, and thank God I did. Because all Jesus said, Jesus never said, Whatever you can figure out, you can have. I only hear two words from him only believe, that's it, that doesn't require intelligence, <laughs> can I say that, it just requires you to believe, that's your heart, hallelujah, anyway, back to this, so <clears throat> and again, so again, uh, verse 23, the governor said, what evil has he done, they all cried out, the more saying, let him be crucified, Verse 24, Then Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. He just declared him innocent. He did it. Somebody had to declare him innocent. Pilate did it. Praise God. And then that's why he said, you see to it. Because he said, I'm not having anything to do with this. Verse 25, and all the people answered and said, Oh boy, this was bad. His blood be on us and our children. Yep, and it sure was. And you know, it's funny how people read this, and they go, oh, I wonder why the Jews are having such a bad time. Read the gospel. Read what they said. They said, let it be on us and our children. Wow. Wow. Okay, added to the manner of his death, it was also prophesied that none of his bones would be broken, which was in itself impossible because crucifixion meant broken bones. See, the, the Roman soldiers would go along and break their legs so that they couldn't hold themselves up anymore. And, and it was, I won't go into any more details. But you know, they would die. Okay? okay, let me just say that. I could give you a description, but I won't. So that was a miracle as well. See, so th- there are miracles happening that there's, you, there would be no way to stop. These things that, that are happening, are happening. And things that should happen, don't happen. They're all miracles. Amen? Alright, so the first prophecy relating to this is found in um, Exodus chapter 12. Verse 46 where it says, And all who eat the lamb must eat it together in one house. You must not carry any of its meat outside, and you may not break any of its bones. Boy, talk about types and shadows. All the way through. Okay, And this clearly pointed to Jesus Christ. And unknown to them, also prophesied his death. And why John one twenty nine identified him by saying, the next day John, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We all know this scripture. Amen. Okay, Jesus was God's Lamb that would finally pay the price for all of us and set us all free. But at his crucifixion, his bones could not be broken in order for prophecy to be perfectly fulfilled. Now, remember again, he said, I came to fulfill all the law and all the prophets. See, if any of these things happened, if some Roman soldier accidentally, you know, went along and go, oh, I'm just breaking his leg for the heck of it, because, you know, I'm just meant to do my job, I'm meant to do that anyway, and did that, it, God, there was nobody to say, oh, that's okay, he didn't know what he was doing. No bone should have been broken. He was dead already. We we, we take that back. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, this was just absolutely impossible. Amen. So, I've said here, why Psalm 34 verses 19 and 20 said, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Verse 20, He guards all His bones, no one of them is broken. Talk about a prophecy that just keeps going. Amen. Amen. And as impossible as it was, this too was fulfilled. With John chapter 19, verses thirty three and thirty four saying, But when they came and saw that Jesus came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. And that's why they broke his they would break legs again for them to die. But see, remember, he said, No one takes my life from me, I lay it down, I pick it up. Yeah. I like the way he said that too. Because he had to lay it down and then he would pick it up. Resurrection there. Anyway, uh, that's something else. But you know, getting back to this, it's really interesting that he decided when he was going to die. He wasn't going to let them decide when he was going to die. Which is why, again, people miss this. When he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And it was his key to saying, I'm dying now. I'm ha- I have to give up that God part so I can die. So nobody could take his life from him. Do you, here's a, something to think about. I just throw this out there for you guys. You know if he didn't do that, he can't die. I don't care how much they break his legs. he just can't die. In fact, he'd probably heal right back up. Because God's still there. He, everyone he healed, he, you know, everyone he laid his hands on, everyone he shed, you know just wherever he went, healing was all over him. In fact, it said the power to heal was present. And he had to let that go in order for him to actually die. Somebody was um, sharing that the woman with the flow of blood touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. It was just you know, There was power around him constantly. In fact, I, I think I showed you a place where just in his vicinity, they would throw people in his vicinity and they would get healed. The presence was there. So that's why he had to let all of that go in order for him to actually die. And when he did, he died. So when they came to kill him, he'd already gone. You know, The body was vacant. Anyway, verse 34. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. This is, this is one way they know you're dead. This happens when you're dead. And that's how when they pierced him, they realized he was already dead. That was their proof. These guys know how to kill someone, by the way. They <laughs> okay. They're, they're soldiers, and you know, sad to say, you know, they've, they've got enough knowledge to know when the guy is dead or when somebody's faking it. They they, con- they conquered man most of the world. You know, the known world back then, anyway. All right, so they knew what they were doing. So you understand that was significant as well that he actually died, which is why he says in Revelation, I'm, you know, it is me who died and now live. So all those people that argue with that, just say, go read Revelation. He even himself tells us that he actually died. Amen? Anyway, back to this. But the prophecies didn't end with his death. The prophet Isaiah goes on the record in Isaiah 53 and verse 9. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now this was another impossible thing. Because no criminal was ever buried with the rich. Amen. So that was a contradiction that, you know, he would be crucified, but he would be buried with the rich. See, again, like I said, I picked things that were absolutely impossible. How can you fix that after you're dead? Don't forget to be, okay? You're dead. You can't do anything about it, okay? But yet again, that too was perfectly fulfilled. Uh, With Matthew chapter uh, 27, and I'm reading in verses 50 through to 60. It says, Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Nice to know. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. See, Pilate's really miffed with the Jews right now. You think he's going to say no? No, just to spite them, he's going to give them the body, okay? (laughs) Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb. This is incredible, isn't it? Which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. So here's another prophecy that is absolutely impossible to fulfill after you're dead taking place. Amen? He truly fulfilled the law and the prophets. I've said here the list goes on and on, including prophecies, what He would be given to drink, excuse me, on the cross, and I've given you the scriptures there, He is how His clothes were distributed, and even how He would resurrect from the dead given in all those scriptures. It was with this knowledge that Jesus said again, with all authority and confidence, in Matthew 5 and verse 17, Do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Amen? Hallelujah. Alright, let's stop there. When we come back, we can move on. I went through that a little bit quick, because you guys know all of this stuff. I just wanted to bring out a few things that were interesting. And we'll see you in two weeks from now, for our last session. Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Father, we thank you today for this privilege and opportunity of studying your word once again. And Father, we just marvel at how Jesus did fulfill all the law and all the prophets, all the prophecies about himself. And we thank you, Father, that we understand the significance of that, that he is God, not just was God, he is God today, right now in our lives. And we thank You, Lord, that if He can fulfill all of that, then He can do the impossible in our life. And Lord, right now, if there is anything in our life that is impossible, we just ask You, Lord, right now we invite You in and thank You that the God of the impossible is now doing what only He can do to bring about a miraculous outcome to things that we might have just...